0: welcome to the to the fullest podcast i'm your host anna and i'm here to talk to you about all things self-confidence self-love and self-belief i've spent much of my life overcoming odds and now i'm here to help you crush your self-doubt and limiting beliefs i hope by listening to this show you feel inspired to take the chance make the move trust yourself and live out your purpose and life to the fullest thanks for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the episode Hello and welcome to this episode. I am so excited, and maybe excited isn't the right word, but maybe more proud uh, to be contributing to the conversation around this topic of anxiety and depression, specifically as an entrepreneur, but really just as a whole. And I feel like my generation, so I'm a millennial, I was born in 1986. Um, I feel like this topic is not as taboo with people in my generation and especially the generations after me, so that makes me really happy, but I still feel like we should talk about it as much and, and share about it as much as possible because it can be super isolating and debilitating, and I think the more compassion and empathy we can have around this topic, the better not just for each other but for ourselves um so i was gonna title this episode living with anxiety and depression but it really is a battle and if you have ever dealt with that like de- debilitating anxiety You know that it really is a battle and like a battle of the will sometimes to to get yourself out of it so um, that's the title of the episode battling anxiety and depression as an entrepreneur and I have had bouts of depression for many years like going back to high school I can remember um, periods of my life feeling depressed but it really got a lot worse one when my mom died Um, And then at that point, using things like alcohol to cope, which of course doesn't help. And then I also had pretty bad postpartum depression with both of my two youngest daughters, um, coupled with um, postpartum anxiety between the two, (laughs) between the two youngest daughters. So I I didn't even know that that was a thing and maybe that's just not something that we talk about. We hear a lot about postpartum de- depression, still probably not as much as we should, but postpartum anxiety was was the real um the real battle that I had. So um I think I did not recognize that though because I've dealt with depression for so long, it was kind of like the known, I was gonna say friend, but like elephant in the room. Like, I I can feel the signs, and I know it's coming on, and I know I'm in it, and um, it doesn't necessarily make it feel any better, um, or even help me see the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. But I at least I know it, right? Whereas anxiety was a kind of a different beast, and it wasn't until I had I, I was at work one day and. I really thought I was having a heart attack and I hear this story all the time, right? And people are like, it feels like you're having a heart attack, your heart is fluttering and or you're having what feels like palpitations. I don't know if that's actually what it is, but I ended up driving myself to the ER that day because I really thought something was wrong and it was, but thank God it wasn't a heart attack. So they did like the whole thing, the EKG and... Brought me back to a room, and I remember the doctor just saying, You know, have you ever dealt with anxiety? Do you have a history of anxiety, and depression? And so we went through that whole thing, and it turns out it was anxiety, whether it was an anxiety attack or a panic attack. I don't really know, and I don't think, you know, now looking back, it was probably a culmination of things, but I don't remember it being any specific thing that set it off. So, um, but once I realized that. I started medication and it was like a new world. Um I found myself being like the things that used to really cause me a lot of stress no longer bothered me as much. Um and I think I was probably just a better mom and a better friend and a better um partner and all of those things because I wasn't I didn't have all of those anxiety-riddled thoughts running through my mind day and night, right? So I that was the first time I was really diagnosed or understood the uh, feeling and repercussions of anxiety. But um, I still struggle with anxiety, even though I am on medication and I'm in therapy and all of those things. But at least now I can recognize it maybe. and And I still have had um, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Um, but it, but I recognize it for what it is, which I think maybe that's, uh, half the battle. But, um, I wanted to share a couple of tips for how I get myself out of that or even prevent it in the first place. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it, you have the ability to say i'm just going to lay in bed all day today," right so that was a big shift for me from being in corporate America, and I had to kind of force myself through it and I could stuff it down and stuff it down and just force myself through it. But as an entrepreneur, when you don't have that sort of um routine and schedule and you're like, oh, well, I just had this today, or I just had these few things today, I can do that tomorrow, right? Well, then the next, like, you can see how that could spiral pretty quickly, right? Like, or I'll just lay in bed for an extra hour, and then that will turn into days. And, um, But it could be anything. Like, I use laying in bed as the example because that's normally my go-to is like I'm just going to bed but it could be eating it could be over exercising it could be a lot of different ways that you choose to stuff it down or cope. Um, Okay so let's just dive right into the list I've made. So the first thing now that I know that it's something that I struggle with so if you know you struggle with anxiety and you really can't tell when it's going to rear its ugly head, um, I try as best as I can to not even allow myself to fall into the trap of that sort of spiral downward. And trust me, I know this is easier said than done, but if I have like an ongoing list, whether it's in my head or written down or whatever of things I wanna do, I will pick one thing on that list, even if it's just fold some laundry or um, put some laundry in. I feel like I always land on the laundry topic. That's just a big topic in our house. but Or it's um, doing some bills, like picking two of the bills that are hanging over my head, right? And what I find when I do this is I just, you know, I pick one of the things is that rarely after that do does do i stay in that space of paralyzing anxiety like once i can at least chip one thing off the list i can either keep going down the list or feel better and just be able to rest you know god forbid any of us actually rest Or if it's still there, then I'll allow myself to have some downtime because that's when I know that it's really maybe it's like me heading towards a burnout situation or I just can tell that my body, my mind, my soul really needs some rest. So um, so that's my first tip is to just. Try to prevent even that spiral to begin with by just picking something small that you can take care of and try and kind of bring yourself out of it. Um, The next thing that I recommend is brain dumping daily. And so I do that throughout the day, really. Um, And then I use my calendar to plan. So... I, I love a project management tool, don't get me wrong, but I find that if it's not on my calendar, it might not happen, and then it just continues to build and build, right? So if I'm, if I'm making like a to-do list or a brain dump list, I'll then try to build those things into my calendar so that one, I know that I will take care of it. There's something about getting it out of your head and onto paper or planned, even if it's not actually completing it, um that at least i know it will get done right so that's my second tip is making sure you're getting out of like all that jumble that's going through your mind out of your mind and onto a piece of paper oh another good way to do this is journaling i'm a big fan of journaling um and i find that if i journal and it's it is kind of like a version of brain dump and just it's like steady stream of consciousness if i do that before bed i feel like I rest better. I sleep better because I it's not all still stuck in there running around, right? Um, okay. Number three is a big one, especially for any moms listening, but also just for really like busy people or people that don't have a Pinterest perfect home. And that is normalizing a lived in house. So for me, a unkept house and like my floors being dirty or anything like that is a huge trigger for me. That was probably the biggest trigger for my anxiety back before I understood that I had anxiety. And I think I just walked around here like a wild woman whenever I got home from work cleaning and nagging everybody and just like everything had to be in its place. And it's not that I don't still... um want those things but my level of obsession over it is different and I can go more than you know I can I can go a longer period of time allowing things to be out of place um so there's like some great I should find some and tag them in the show notes but there's a couple great TikTok accounts that are just like normalizing normal houses. And I really like those. And I I think it's probably mostly for like entertainment and it is like kind of funny and silly, but it also just reminds me that, like how we talked about in um, the social media episode and in episode three, like those specially curated home photos and videos and stuff are, that's not real life. Or that's like a person who literally like loves to spend time doing that sort of stuff. So anyway, normalizing a lived-in house, especially if unkemptness or whatever is a trigger of yours. Um, Okay, number four is stepping away. Um, So for me, another big trigger is when my kids are getting crazy and it's loud and I feel overstimulated, but this could also be work-related, relationship-related. Um you're trying to get the freaking cap off of a jar of pasta sauce and it's stuck, right? And it's like that literally could set you off. So it's just taking a moment, being in the moment, one, and then and knowing when it's time to step away. And I I have to do this pretty often um a, like a, especially at bedtime with two kids ages three and four bedtime can be chaotic and you know, especially cause they fight it. So, um, if I feel that starting to happen, I just say, okay, mommy's going to go, um, just take a minute and you guys read books in here or something like that. Right. But this can also happen in work. Like if you are working with a client that just, like can't be happy, right? Or it, like you can never make happy or um, you're dealing with a really frustrating tech issue or I mean, think of how many things in a day can possibly just like set you off if you have anxiety. It's a lot of things. So just f- no recognizing that feeling starting to stir within you and taking a step away, going for a walk, go um, kind of sit and chill and listen to a podcast or a book or whatever. Um, okay. So then the next sort of piece of it is, um, not preventative, but actually like pulling yourself out of bed. So the second hardest after not letting myself go lay down. So like tip one of just not letting myself get there is getting out of bed in the first place. It is very difficult when you are in a bad or I don't want to say bad, but like poor mental state, right? Depression, anxiety, to pull, like will yourself out of bed in the morning. And that is a very hard thing for me to do when I'm not in a great space mentally. Even when I am, I'm not really like a get up and go person. And so, especially in the summer where it's just kind of like lazy, long, sunny days, right? Like, um, or rainy days. Oh my gosh. So basically it's every day, Anna. (laughs) And so it's just very hard for me to get myself out of bed. So um, I've had to put some things in place to make it easier. And it doesn't mean like it's cured it. It doesn't mean I still don't have that desire to just stay in bed as till you know, the last bleeding second possible, but they do make it easier. So the first thing is having a strong morning routine. That has been a game changer for me. Um, it starts with not looking at my phone. So not giving that initial energy that I have in the morning to Instagram, Facebook, email. I'm now in a routine that I don't even check my email until afternoon, like after 12 PM because emails would heighten my anxiety and I could feel like that chunk of morning time where I'm my, the most effectiveness in my business, I I would get sucked into email and I I don't enjoy email. So um, especially if it's a bad email, but just in general, I don't love email. So I don't even check my emails till afternoon, but definitely not looking at my phone first thing. Um, And I actually got that tip about not checking my email until afternoon from this amazing business coach, Virginia DSS. So I'm going to, um, I'll tag her in the show notes, but she has a great sort of view on business and your energy and how to not leak energy. So yeah, great tip there. Um, so not looking at my phone and then I always start with either, um, a podcast episode and I'm telling you like eight to 10 minutes, a podcast episode. That's like super motivating, Um, either like a motivational speech or um, there's a great motivation daily podcast that is like eight to 10 minutes every day and just great. Or like a 10 minute long subliminal YouTube video um, that my therapist recommend, there's this channel called Mark Reynolds and he does great subliminals. So depending on what I think, I feel like I'm struggling with at the moment, I might do like a money mindset subliminal. I might do, um, a happiness and joy subliminal, right, um, a successful entrepreneur subliminal. And so then I'll spend the first 10, 8 to 10 minutes of my morning just listening to that, even if I'm still in bed and like the kids have come in, I'll put it on and just kind of put it next to my pillow and just let that sort of envelop the first um, few minutes of my morning. Um, next I'll sit up, I'll grab my journal, I'll do five IM statements and five gratitude statements, and maybe do a little bit of journaling if I have time. But with the kids, I don't usually have time. And then I will try to take like a super quick cold shower because I find that that really, and I know people think I'm crazy when I say that. If you haven't heard about, um, like cold water, I don't know if it's called like, cold therapy or something like that but or you've probably seen people do like ice baths right so um there's something about the and I should have like an expert on to talk about this but there's something about that really cold water that like um one it wakes you up but it also like I'll do some deep breathing in it and it really like just calms me down it sounds kind of ironic so Okay, so that's like a total maybe of 20 to 30 minutes that I'm doing those things. Um, But I enjoy it so much that it like gets me out of bed, right? It Like I know that doing that is super important and I enjoy it. I always feel better afterwards. So having that in place and having it be so predictable, um, like it's just a few little short things that I can do almost like, well, some of it literally with my eyes closed, um, just can help you get going and like, like the thing to not let yourself spiral and just get going. This is kind of the same idea that I just, I don't allow myself to, um, sit there and spiral any longer than necessary. Um, the other great tip for getting myself out of bed in the morning and not just like laying there as long as possible is knowing what's coming up that day. So part of that brain dump list, having it on my calendar and just knowing what's coming up and sort of what sort of headspace I need to be in. Am I recording? Do I have meetings? Am I Um, creating content. Can it be a slower day? Is it a busy day with meetings and kids and all of those things, right? Like knowing what's coming up. Um, Okay. The kind of flip side of getting up in the morning and getting up and getting going is is getting enough sleep. And this is so important and it can be such a game changer. But if you aren't getting sound sleep or you're like mind is racing you're waking up in the middle of the night it's it's hard you can have the best intentions and go to bed at 8 30 9 o'clock but if you aren't like sleeping all the way through or it's getting broken up um that's not great either right so i did a lot of research and um learned a lot about supporting melatonin production so before bed keeping the lights low not looking at your phone before bed Um, And I do this with the kids too now, like an hour or two before it's time to get, like get going upstairs and have a bath and stuff. I will turn, and now it's summer so it's lighter outside, but I will turn all the lights off downstairs. And um, if we're watching any screens, like they're watching TV or anything like that, I'll keep the brightness way down. Same with my phone. And like anything you can do to sort of signal to the body that it's getting ready for rest. Um, I've noticed over time it's built up, um, like the ease of falling asleep has built up as I've been implementing those sort of strategies around melatonin. Um, And then of course they make like all natural melatonin. But I think that if you can do it, you know, kind of train yourself and it's just a good habit to like shut down your phone like an hour before you go to bed either even. Um, okay. So definitely supporting melatonin and getting, um, production and getting plenty of sleep will help that. Um, the other flip side of that getting out of bed in the morning. Um, next is the tie between food and anxiety. So I never knew this and I am not well versed in it enough yet to like fully elaborate on it. But if you ever notice, like if you've been drinking a lot and your anxiety is really high, I don't mean like drinking alcohol a lot and your anxiety is pretty high. That's that coincides with each other. And certain foods. If you're not feeling great, that can trigger your anxiety. And so again, I don't know all the science behind it yet. Um, and I actually know a girl, I'll, um, a girl, I don't mean to say that, but like um, an expert in this field. And I'll tag her in the show, name, show notes. Her name is Jordana of the Mindful Clinic. And I actually just started working with her. So um, I'm learning all about this stuff, but I, and like I said, I don't know all the science behind it yet, but It does make sense because I do know when when I'm feeling like bloated and lethargic and all of those things because I've been eating like shit, my anxiety just tends to be higher, right? And my depression, I just feel yucky. Um, Okay. And then my last tip of the whole thing, I alluded to it in the beginning and it is have compassion and empathy and grace for yourself. This is a battle, right? And it's not something you asked for. And it's not something that we learn about growing up. And it's only now becoming something that is talked about openly, right? And that is not such a taboo topic. So have compassion and empathy and grace for yourself. And understand that if you do fall into the trap of anxiety and depression you don't have to stay there and it's there's going to be a new day and it it doesn't define you it doesn't mean you can't be successful and it doesn't mean you can't be happy right sometimes that's just what happens when you have anxiety and depression and you can move on from it so If it's rest, enjoy every second of the rest. Forgive yourself for whatever you may have missed and start after the nap or start the next day as a new day with that strong morning routine. Get up, accomplish what you need to do on your to-do list even if it's one or two things and just keep going. Those small little steps forward. So I will leave you with a quote from a great artist and song that I heard recently. Her name is Geminelle, and I will tag her in the show notes. Um, I found her on Spotify, and she has these really great songs that are built around affirmations. And this one, I just love for those days where you feel like you didn't, you just weren't a 10 out of 10. You didn't do your best. And... That is, I forgive myself and I release all the things that don't serve me now. I forgive myself. So if you find that powerful, do, that, do some mirror work around that. Like at the end of this episode, go see in front of a mirror and say, I forgive myself and release all of the things that don't serve me now. Because beating yourself up does not serve you. And spiraling and spiraling and staying down there does not serve you. So forgive yourself and release all of that resentment that you have towards yourself for having something out of your control, which is anxiety and depression, right? So that's your homework. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you hit subscribe, shoot me a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.